Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. Jake, producers in the house. Yo, how you doing? Charmaine, the lovely wife in the house. Hello. Pull that thing right up to your face, Charmaine. Oh. People got to hear you speak. Hello. There we go. There we go. Uh, all right, everybody, we are recording this podcast right after the uh, Islam Makachev Volkanovsky fight. Um, the whole card was pretty decent, to be honest with you. I only saw the main card so far. Because I only got home at about 2.30 in the morning after uh, cornering one of my guys in a fight. So I woke up at like 10 a.m. and here we are. We just immediately uh, watched the main card and then uh, started the podcast. So we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Today we're going to cover the uh, one in Lumpini shows. The last two weekends I've been gone for one in Lumpini 2 and then one in Lumpini 3. I've got some cool stuff that I can uh, show you guys in the future. Some videos I took from there. And then uh, we have UFC last week. We have UFC this week. We've got all kinds of news coming up. Let's get started. So uh, we'll go with today's fights. May as well what, start at the top of the card. That's a big one. Yeah, Volkanovski and Islam. Volk, Volk put up a hell of a fight, man. Volk put up a hell of a fight. That fifth round was amazing. As, as I said to you, right at the end of the fifth, if there was one more round, Volk was winning that fight. Yeah, okay, so let's, let's play a thought experiment here. No time limit. Old school UFC rules. Okay, UFC one pride rules like when Hoist Gracie fought Sakuraba for an hour and a half. If that is a no time limit fight, does Volkanovski win? Uh, no, because I think the bell saved Volk at the end of round one. Because if you remember, end of round one, it finished him defending a choke from the back. So no, but if it was a six-round fight, then yes, he would have won. Yeah, I guess that logic only applies. <laughs> you can't just apply that logic when there's breaks in between the rounds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Okay, well, I guess you could make the argument Volkanovski would win if it was five-minute rounds with one-minute breaks until one guy won. Yes, then he would have won. <laughs> But still, that fifth round was crazy. Volk got on top, wrestled. Man, Islam was staring at the clock that entire fifth round. Yep. This was weird, too, because I didn't know who I wanted to win. I, I like both guys a lot. Like I love Islam style. I love all those Dagestani guys. But I also love an underdog. And, dude, I wish they should have mic'd up Volk in that third, fourth round. Yeah. He was talking to Islam the entire time he had his back. He literally is just like, all I see is his mouth moving and him just fucking punching Punching backward, punching backward, his just mouth moving and punching backwards. Really no threat of the rear naked choke. Like, Volk didn't seem concerned about it. His wrestling held up. His submission defense stood up. But I think the, the thing that made the difference in the fight was that uh, Islam striking was there. Yeah. He, he was landing more. The striking, he was landing the harder shots. Volkanovski was landing good shots too. But Islam just just beat him to the punch for most of the, most of the rounds. If I'm using your one-judge eyes... Who wins that fight if it's in one? If it's judged on one criteria? Ooh, that's a juicy question. I hadn't thought about that. If it's one scoring criteria, maybe, probably still Islam. Probably still Islam. But, Jake, maybe my memory's not serving correctly. Charmaine, maybe you remember. What was the round where Islam had Volk's back and then Volk kept punching him? Was that the fourth or the third? Fourth. Fourth Fourth round. Because I think you could make the argument that even he was though... More, he was the aggressor, Volk was the aggressor in that round, even though he had someone on his back. Well, I can tell you that Volk definitely did more damage when Islam was on his back than Islam did to him. There was no really real threat of the rear naked choke. I don't know. That's kind of weird because traditional conventional wisdom would be to award the position so much higher because he's on his back. 
But Volk just kept like talking shit and then just like punching them in the behind, like behind. That yeah, was weird. I mean, if I'm on your back, which admittedly isn't likely, but you're just punching me in the face, who's actually winning there? I mean, I thought Islam won the fight, but uh, you know, I was just pulling for Volk so hard, especially in that fifth round. We all were like low key Volk fans. It reminds me of that uh, Glover Teixeira Jamal Hill fight. Me and Charmaine were just like losing our shit when Vol- when Glover got that takedown in the fifth round. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Dude, Charmaine was so pumped up. She started crying at the end of it. I saw her tearing up. She was like, Glover! She wanted the grandpa to win so hard, man. He threw his gloves on the floor. I know. When he retired, dude, I, I, I actually like, welled hey, up hey, a little hey, bit. Uh, yeah, it was so sick to the Vulcan in um, Islam fight. But I don't know. We were just talking about this. Uh, Jake, do you think that Islam stock went down? I think we can all agree Vulcan obviously stock went up. Yep. Even in the loss. Yep. Does Islam's stock go down, or is, is you know Volkanovski just that good? Do you think he's that much better than all the lightweights? Because so far, Islam has smashed every lightweight. Like, finished Everyone. four in a row? Five yeah. in a row? Yep. Something like that? Fini- finished a dominant champ in Oliveira as well. Can you bring up Islam's record really quick? He finished Oliveira. He finished Drew Dober. He finished... Thing is, he hasn't really fought a lot of the top five, because you know the word on the street was everybody was ducking him for so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Topology, but yeah. yeah, he's um. Here we go. Yeah, let's let's take a look and see, because I'm pretty sure he finished April. almost everybody, almost everybody. And his last like five or six fights, other than Volk. All right, so here we go. Okay, so we finished Bobby Green. That's what it was. So he finished Oliveira, finished Bobby Green, finished Dan Hooker, finished Tiago Moises, finished Drew Dober, decision over Dami Halmosh, and then decision decision over Armin Sarukin. Okay, so yeah, I mean, four or five finishes in a row, and those guys, you know, each one is progressively higher level in the division. I wonder if Volk is just that much better than the lightweights. Or if Islam... I don't know. What do you think? I think um, Islam clearly won the fight. And because you always cheer for the underdog, you don't focus on what the favourite's doing as much. Like I think, benefit of hindsight, now the fight's finished, the excitement's over. Excellent performance by Islam. No two ways about it. Like Did what had to be done. But Volk's still number one pound for pound in my book after that fight. Because he was the smaller guy. He finished the fight in a dominant... Like, he was winning at the end of the fight. So, I don't think Islam gets points taken off in, the, in how good he is, but he's not pound for number one. It's Volkstock that's boosted through that fight, and it's him that's proved he's pound for number one, in my opinion. Well, yeah, that's an interesting point, Jake. Does losing a fight automatically or inherently remove you from being number one pound for pound? Not if you're the smaller guy, is what I'd say. And probably considerably smaller yeah I, i'd reckon that islam's 20 pounds heavier than volk two two weight classes heavier walking around one and a half minimum like minimum he's 15 pounds heavier i think yeah i'd say so and the fight was so close that yeah you could still make the argument that it would if, if that volk is number yeah, one if volk had have won that fight on the judges scorecard it would have been contentious but it wouldn't have been a robbery like you could see and again, I think the I think the decision is correct. But say the decision had gone the other way, I wouldn't be screaming robbery. I'd, I'd say, or oh, I I can see why he shaded it. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it gives I think it gives the rest of the division 
kind of eye-opening experience to be like, okay, this dude's vulnerable, especially late. Man, in that fifth round, Islam was done. He was, he was looking up at the clock the whole time. He basically just, you know, closed the guard in the last minute, tried to tie him up. Volk was just trying to pound on him or whatever. And uh, so I think to the, the rest of the division sees that. And they're like, okay, yeah. if we can just drag this dude into late waters, maybe they stand a chance. I mean, Poirier's seems like he's going to be the next one because they got Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler tied up. They've got Benil Dariush and Charles Oliveira tied up. So that only leaves Gaethje and Poirier. Gaethje lost. Poirier's on a two-fight win streak. Yeah, so it's Poirier. It's got to be Poirier, which Poirier's still like one of my favorite fighters. I, I, I hope he wins. I wonder, wonder who you're cheering for in that one. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like Islam too, but I'm going to definitely cheer for Poirier. But it would be interesting to see if the little bit of the chink in the armor of Islam sort of makes people understand like how vulnerable this guy is. Or if Volk is just better than all the other lightweights. I mean, that could yeah. be the case too. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Islam's been smashing all of them. So if Volk did that well, you know, is Volk that good? Did Islam Volk. have an off night or what's the case? Like Volk's got that low center of gravity though. Like sometimes being short like that makes you super hard to take down. Yeah, that's what Islam said. He's like, oh, yeah. this short guy. What do you say? To, <laughs> he said something like that in the... Uh, <laughs> like, then he was like... Oh, he's so short, but so strong. Yeah, yeah. they were like, oh, what? they said something along the lines of like, oh, what, what did he do that you didn't think? And he's like, oh, he's so short. <laughs> it's like, what? That's not something he did. That's something that he is. <laughs> yeah, because he's only 5'6". Yeah. So he's really, really short. I don't know. What were your thoughts, Charmaine? Who were you pulling for? Did you, have a, did you have a favorite going or did you have somebody that you wanted to win? I mean, I just wanted the underdog to win, which was Volkanovski. I really thought he was going to lose, but he did really well. He did really well. Yeah. We took reaction videos, but... There was nothing great to react to. It was just basically us nervously watching the whole fight. <laughs> and I, you got no, like, uh, technique to show, though, because... I know. <laughs> I know. That's my money. That's how I get subscribers on this there channel. No is showing Team Khabib finishes on my channel, and now I got nothing. I mean, I could show the Ayer Rodriguez triangle, I guess. That, that, that'd be worth showing. Yeah. Um, but that was a good fight. We should have taken a reaction video for the Glover fight last weekend, dude. That would have been legendary. You were so fucking worked up watching that fight. That would have been the best reaction video of all time. We never do it when it's... Because you never know. Right? Yeah. You just never know, like, oh, what's the moment to, to do a reaction video or whatever. I think the Tiffany Teal one was pretty good. That was the best reaction video we did so far, that, that fight against Panda. Just all of us <laughs> screaming at yeah. the team at the screen. Um, all right, dude, let's, let's hit up the co-main event because uh, Volkanovski, you know, he's still the featherweight champion. And uh, Yair, Yair Rodriguez looked damn good. I mean, is he the most exciting fighter in the UFC? Yeah. Well, he's, his style is wild and so, so fun to watch. You don't also, know what's coming like, he's next. pretty mean. Yeah. Like, Yair well, fights you mean. See, he got him with the inside elbow at one point. Coming up towards the finish, did you see that? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Rude. And even on the ground, like when he's in the close guard, he's vicious. Yeah. He's just constantly bang, 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 dropping elbows, hunting for submissions. I mean, his wrestling is not the best. He gets taken down in his fights, but he's nasty from his back. Like, like I mean, nasty in the sense that he's like mean. Yeah. He does not dirty shit. Like he doesn't do dirty stuff. He's not like gouging eyes or anything like that. But he's just constantly throwing strikes. There's he doesn't just like you know most people in the close guard like Islam. What's Islam do when he's in the close? Granted, he's tired and everything. Yeah. He's holding he's on. A, he's tying on. up. He's stalling out. He's trying to get to the bell because he knew he's up on the cards. 
Yair is nasty yeah. in there, man. On the ground, Yair, not to the same level, but he reminds me of Tony, Tony Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you both thought the same thing at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, like, like nasty. All right, I don't mind being on my back, though, because I'm going to try and slice you open with my elbows and just keep throwing triangles up. And I've got long ass, ass legs. I'm probably going to get one, which yeah. happened today. I mean, that triangle was nasty. I love a good triangle finish, too. For me, there's like, there's like a submission off your back, and there's like a body shot finish. Those are the two things where I'm just like, oh, so satisfying. So satisfying to watch. Some, I don't know why. I think it's like the sadistic part of my brain. It's like when I see somebody crumble to a liver shot, I'm just like, yes. I don't know why. Same thing with like a good submission off of your back. Somebody hits a triangle or a quick arm bar or something off the back. I'm, I'm partial I'm, to choke, so the triangle yeah. for me is better. I'm always jealous of people who can do a triangle because I got. they don't work if you've got little short legs. They're just I, absolutely useless. They will against people your own size. Yeah, but yeah. But if you're consistently rolling with people. Than you. No. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Yeah, I need to work on my triangle. It's one of my worst submissions, I think. I still get them every now and again against white belts. <laughs> who, who are on their first lesson all the time can now I triangle the shit I have some white belts okay um, have you never gotten shown with a triangle before nah I think in like specific training but I don't count specific training because what happens in specific training stays in specific training <laughs> I didn't earn that shit like that's just like oh here's a gift <laughs> you know so I start on the back I'll start with whatever uh, yeah but I mean yeah yours amazing I mean that style is so fun to watch it's so dynamic his front kicks, his question mark kicks, his heel kicks, elbows, knees. I mean, the dude throws everything. He literally throws everything. He's got that up elbow knockout against the Korean Zombie, which is probably the greatest knockout in MMA history. He's got wheel kick knockouts, head kicks. He's got question mark kicks, front kicks, knees up. Dude, the body kicks that he was hitting Emmett with were nasty. There was a few times where he hit the liver kick and you just saw, I, I can see the body language, right? I can see very subtle body language. Sometimes it wasn't that fucking subtle. Let's just be real, right? But there were a few of them that landed where you just see like the, the elbow come in a little bit, the eyes widen like a millimeter, right? And you're just like, oh, he felt that one. Yeah. And then once Yair kept hitting him to the body, Emmett was like lunging. He was just trying to take his head off. And the movements are too big. Yair's too good. If you start looking for the finish in like the first round because you're getting teed up on the body, like then he's just going to piece you up. Yeah. Because the movements are too big. Rodriguez is a sniper. We were just saying this. Do you remember three years ago when uh, – I think it was when he was supposed to fight Zabit, back when Zabit was still fighting. And it was the wacky contract stuff. Yeah, there was yeah. some contract stuff. And then Dana White was just talking about he doesn't want this. He doesn't have heart. There was this rumor going around that Yair didn't have heart. I think they cut him for a while. Yeah. Didn't they actually cut him from the UFC? Yeah, I think so. And then they ended up re-signing him again, and now he's a champ. That just goes to show you some of the shit that the UFC does to try and like put media pressure onto fighters to get them to sign shit that – They'll make it. They'll make the arguments and say, "Oh, he's not tough. He doesn't want it. He doesn't do all of this kind of stuff." And, um, Francis, and then now he's in her. Yeah, yeah Francis, Francis Ngannou went. Yeah, that's cool. But I'm going to make a million billion dollars fighting uh, Tyson Fury. So see ya. Yeah, and then the argument is, is uh, oh no, he just wants to fight easier opponents for more money. Yeah. Deontay Wilder <laughs> and Tyson Fury are easy opponents. Sorry, also, who wouldn't want to fight easier opponents for more money? That's literally what every fighter wants, well, surely. Exactly. But those aren't easy fights. You think yeah. Francis Ngannou going to boxing and fighting Dillian White or Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury is an easier fight? <laughs> He's the heavyweight champion in the UFC. He beats everybody. Any UFC fight for the heavyweight title is going to be easier than him going to boxing and fighting Deontay Wilder <laughs> or Tyson Fury. Yeah. Although him fighting, him fighting Wilder would be 
just the craziest fight of all time because you 100% know he's, someone's getting knocked out. It'd be like oh, that slap thing that they do now. It's basically <laughs> a, the boxing version of that because whoever connects first, that's it. Game over. Oh, the slap. Oh, the power, power slap. slap. Power slap. Power slap is rough, man. Dude, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's, so it's like stupid. free brain damage, basically. <laughs> and, the, and the UFC is promoting it more than this fight. Mm. Did you see Jack Slack? He released mm. a podcast and the title of his podcast, which is fucking genius. Sometimes Jack Slack has some amazing shit. His podcast title was uh, UFC 284 Volkanovski versus Mahachev, sponsored by or pr- pr- uh, uh, brought to you by Power Slap. <laughs> because the UFC keeps posting yeah, all this Power Slap stuff, and there was not. almost no media. For the, there was, yeah, no media for the two best pound for pound fighters in the world going at it. For then someone could become double champ. It's like, nah, we'll just promote people slapping each other. I mean, that stuff is so. So cringe to me. I mean, I just see the brain damage. At least in fighting, you can defend yourself, right? Yeah. They literally stand there with their arms beside themselves and some guy behind them ready to catch them for when they inevitably get knocked unconscious. And they're just like meant to sit there and take it. <laughs> I like, guess it's to show who is tougher. Like, who's, who's tougher? Who's going to last through all these slaps and win? Because the guy with the ballooned up face was the one that oh, won, right? Oh, yeah. That was the guy that won. Everybody thought he was going to lose immediately, but no, he succeeded. <laughs> he won? He won. That guy Apparently, won. he won. Can you show that guy's face, Jake? Yeah, Did you dude. see that? Did you see this guy's face? Yeah, no. They... Oh, it went viral. It was like all over the place. Just <laughs> just type in power slap face. <laughs> I don't know what to type in, but okay, power slap face images. images. It's going to pop up for sure. Yeah, yep, first thing to pop up. Oh, oh. Is this figure... Oh man! Can you throw that up on the screen if it's not. Our, oh, it is already. Yeah, it's on. Oh shit! I mean, dude, how much do they win? Not enough. <laughs> probably, not enough. probably more than a UFC fighter that's on the beginning of the roster. Man, horribly like, disfigured in championship winning bout. He won. Yeah, he won. Did he though? <laughs> Does anyone win in this situation? Did he Will he remember his kids' names in 15 years? I mean, yeah, but they were marketing this shit. Why is this on the UFC channel? That's what I don't understand. It's almost as if, like, Dana's sort of looked at Juan and gone, oh, look at what Juan are doing, like the way of the Bushido and the honor of martial arts. What's the opposite of that? Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, Juan's like, let's bring in Mikey Musumeci, do submission grappling. Let's bring in Muay Thai and small gloves. And Dana White's like, hold on. <laughs> I've got an idea. Bitch slap world championships. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know, man. I guess we can briefly... Okay, so I'm uh, Volkanovski. I've just had that fight, and I'm fighting Yair Rodriguez next. And I'm instantly picking up my phone backstage. Hello, is that Frankie Edgar? Yeah. Can you come to my training camp, please? Yeah. Yeah. Because Frankie Edgar did beat the brakes off of him. Is Frankie Edgar the only person to beat Yair? Not sure. Let's find out. I'm pretty sure that Frankie's the only person to beat him. Frank Yeager beat the shit out of Yair in that fight. He nearly. I know he had the really close one with Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie was winning. Yep. If he didn't lunge forward and eat that elbow, I think Korean Zombie would have won that fight. Fuck, that was a good fight. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Max Holloway beat him. Oh, uh, yeah. Max Holloway beat him in that, that last fight. That was a good fight, though. Poor Max Holloway. I mean, I Yair Holloway. jumps the queue, even though, uh, even though Holloway beat him. Because Holloway just can't beat... Oh no, Holloway can beat anyone in the world so apart from Volkanovski. Yeah, three times. Is it to Zabib? 
did he fight Zabit? No, Zabit never fought. Zabit retired. Although I just saw a video of him hitting pads yesterday. So he lost to Max Holloway. Josh Oh, yeah, that Brian Ortega fight where he injured his shoulder. The Chan Sung Jung fight. Frank Yeager is the other. Who beat him? Maybe it was before he was in the UFC. Win, 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 win. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was before he was in the UFC. So he's lost twice in the UFC. He lost to Holloway, and he lost to Frank Yeager. But, yeah, if you're Volkanovski, I'm straight on the phone to Phil and Kevin go like, uh, can, I come, can I come to New York and do a wrestling camp with you, please? Yeah. Well, especially when you see Volkanovski take down Islam. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck? Is that the first time Islam's ever been taken down? It must be. I think it's the first time anyone in the entire Dagestani team's been taken down, never yeah. mind Islam. <laughs> no, well, Glacian Tebow took Khabib down a few times. Uh, and I think, um, what's the guy's name? Abel Trujillo. I think he also took Khabib down a few times. But that was in the early days, and then Khabib still was like throwing up triangles and throwing up arm bars. The, their guards are are underrated too. Yeah. Like those Dagestani well, guys, never, they all have good guards. You never see them tested. This is why they're underrated. Yeah, because they just wrestle so much. But yeah, so I mean, if, if you think of Yair and Volkanovski, that's a, that's a that's good an fight though. Fight. But you, you can see the path of victory for each guy. I think, uh, I think Yair, can, if he can strike on the outside, man, he kicks so hard. You see every time he kicks somebody, except Max Holloway, which is just like, you know, you can hit Max Holloway in the head with a fucking sledgehammer and he'd probably just smile at you, right? But, <clears throat> but yeah, he would stay on the outside, push kicks, body kicks, snap kicks. He's got all those wheel kicks. Good, surprisingly good boxing. And then Volkanovski is just going to box, close the distance, takedowns, timing, different stances, just like he did. That was one thing that Volkanovski did really good against Islam was constantly switching his stances. He really good footwork against the cage. That was one of the best things about his fight. You can tell he's been training in a cage. And there was one point where like Islam's pushing him back against the cage, and you can see Volkanovski look back to see where the cage is, and then he starts to move. He's very aware yeah. of like where he is in the ring and using his footwork to not get pinned up against the cage. The, the, every time you got the cage, but then you've got you know the black outline of the octagon on the inside of the cage as well. That's like what, a meter away from the cage edge. Every time he crossed, like every time his back foot went onto that line, you could see he was aware of it and like, nope, back to the center, not being here. And I think with um, fighting Islam too, it seems like the better path to victory is actually to turn your back. I mean, he's definitely got some good rear naked chokes, or maybe it's just Volkanovski's defense. But when people face Islam, they eat that arm triangle. They eat that Von Flew choke, right? He just wraps them up chest to chest, squeezes them until their heads pop off. Volkanovski was turning his back and turtling and doing a really good job defending there. That body triangle, though, I think that's what locked him up in that round. If he hadn't got caught in that body triangle, he's so short compared to Islam. He's got those long legs. Once you get caught in a body triangle with a long-legged person, really difficult to get out. You can hand fight all day. You can turn and you can spin. But if you get that body triangle and then your toes locked behind the knee, whoa, it's very yeah, hard to up, escape Up against the cage as well, so you can't turn them. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. turn inside. Quite a good fight, though. Really good fight. It was good to see Volk do so well after everybody shut him down. I think it was like a four or five to one dog in the yeah. fight. And then pretty close. Pretty close decision. So that was pretty sweet. The best finish, I think, definitely goes to... Either uh, Jack Della or Yair, though. Oh, I don't know. Ta Junior Tafta on that card as well. Oh yeah, that knockout was. I love me. I love me a walk. I love me a walk off KO. Yeah, I, he looks exactly like Tai Tuivasa. Yeah. Are, are they like twins? They've got the same <laughs> tattoos. They've got the same body type. They sound the same. <laughs> I'm on the wrong card. Yeah, so I, I'm actually giving it him. He that was my favorite because I do love me a 
walk off KO. Step back, bang, bang. Yeah, finished him. Two big boys. Two big boys. All right, and then we have uh, Jack Della. I mean, he looks like every bit of a contender in that division. Iced Randy Brown. Submission, dropped him, finished him. Justin Taffa against Parker Porter. I don't know who that Parker Porter guy is, but... Neither did he after he got hit. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Crute. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menefield. Charmaine, sure, you were cheering for Alonzo Menefield in here. Yeah. Is it just because he was losing for a while? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just instinctively cheer for the underdog. And it was right? a draw and everybody booed, so... <laughs> you booed. <laughs> no, everybody you, was booing. You were literally like, boo. <laughs> I was like, what exactly are you booing right now? It's a draw. Nobody wants a draw. Yeah, that's true. But he got a point taken. That's why it was a draw. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Alonzo got a, a point taken, yeah. yeah. Alonzo would have won. Yeah, man, but Jimmy Crew, and that was it the first round or the second round, he looked like he was done. I mean, a lot of referees would have stepped in and stopped it there. And then he managed to get the takedown, and then he got a 10 8 in the third round because of the point deduction. But good fight. I mean, he's, he's a beast, but Alonzo Menefield's got like freaky power. Yeah. Freaky, freaky power. And then Jimmy Crew just got hurt so bad. That he lost all the zip on his punches. He couldn't, like, you could see his legs were gone. His legs were super wobbly, so he couldn't, couldn't ground himself into his strikes. And then, but he was still able to wrestle. That's the thing, right? Like, you can be hurt and wrestle, but it's really tough to be hurt and then strike because your legs go, right? As soon as your equilibrium is, is, is messed up from getting hit with the strike, it's so hard to drive. It's so hard to pivot. It's so hard to twist and ground yourself into your strikes when your legs are like, Bleh. you're doing the chicken dance. Yeah, but he was able to tie him up and get on top and, and do good work, especially in that third round. That was a pretty good fight, though. Bummer it ended in a draw, but I think the point deduction was right because he literally held the fence to take him down at like a super critical point in the fight because Kroot was hurt, right? He's yeah. hurt, and then he finally is able to just get the take down and he grabs the fence. So I think every bit of that was, was justified. I'm glad there, there was another fight last week. From that last card, I can't remember what fight it was. They're actually, the referees are actually giving point deductions first time. Yeah. Without warnings for some of this stuff. I'm glad they're doing that. I'm, I can't remember what the incident was last week. I was speaking of that. We were, oh God, I'm going to bring this up even though I just said I wouldn't. We were doing the, Charmaine and I went to the Lumpini show, the, the second one. So we both went to Bangkok for that one. And there was this Australian dude. I don't know if you if you guys haven't watched the one in Lumpini shows, you should definitely go watch them, especially the third and the first card. Those were absolute bangers. The second card had some good fights on it, but there was this really bad MMA fight with this Australian dude. Do you remember his name? Nah, we don't need to say his name. No, I don't know his name. <laughs> but it was the only MMA fight on that card, and that was like the most horrible fight ever. <laughs> dude, this guy would not fight. He would not fight. I don't know what was going on. He was fighting this dude. I think he was Iranian or something. Was a guy Iranian, Iranian? Yeah, and the guy supposed to be a wrestler. And he didn't like even want to engage with him. Like He pulled guard. And then in MMA fight like five times or something. Kept sitting down on his butt. And then the Iranian guy just would like stare at him. It, he wouldn't try to pass the guard. He wouldn't try to punch. So it was just like stalemate. And it was like incredibly boring. <laughs> yeah. He got like two yellow cards. Uh, one yellow card was because he kept pulling guard. The second one was because of the inactivity. Mm -hmm. And then the third red card was because he just kept pulling guard. So they were like, nah, fuck this. Yeah, like, yeah. That was boring. <laughs> yeah. Justin Brown became the first ever American to referee in Lumpini Stadium and gave the first ever red card <laughs> in Lumpini, Lumpini Stadium history. <laughs> Two records in one night. Yeah, pe people were making fun about it. Actually, dude, we could just talk about those Lumpini shows. They're a little bit... Actually, I'm one of the first ever foreign referees at Lumpini Stadium. 
I think I would be the fourth one, technically, because I did the second show. Three of my other uh, fellow judges did the first show. And uh, so there were a lot of firsts. We had, so this is the first ever, like, foreign judges. So I have a distinct honor of being one of those. And then Justin Brown, the first ever, uh, <clears throat> they would have been the first ever Western judges, I think, at Lumpini Stadium. Justin was definitely the first American. Multiple people said it. And then we had the first ever female judge in Lumpini Stadium. Now there's two. There was a, a I think she's British. A British girl was a judge for the three show. And then there was a Mongolian judge that they brought in a female for the previous show. I haven't met her yet. Um, so th those shows are awesome. And if you haven't seen, go watch the second or the third one. Jake, can we bring up the... I need to ask permission if I can just show this stuff on the... Because I, I want to show some of the fights. I don't think one would pull me talking about it. But I also don't want to like overstep yeah, it's the, <laughs> boundaries. Yeah, it's the YouTube algorithm that will pop us more, rather than one. Okay, so can you go to uh, one's Instagram? Because you got to see the spinning back kick knockout. There was a spinning back kick knockout. There were like liver shot knockouts. There was this uh, Hong Kong girl who fought this Thai girl. And this Hong Kong girl threw... Man, she must have thrown... 300 strikes in two minutes. I mean, two rounds, rather. It was absolutely insane. She just melted this Thai girl with pressure. So I'm sure this is going to be all of the recent stuff. You might have to go down a few. But there was this brutal spinning back kick finish from the previous show. Everyone. Keep on going down. Keep on going. Yeah, so I think <clears throat> these are all Friday's stuff. Road 10 got married. Sage Northcutt looking fucking jacked, dude. Jacked. Nong Overs, John, Jonathan Haggerty just got announced. Oh boy, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a banger right there. Also, can, can uh, Haggerty get it done? Is yeah, the question. I don't know. Always man. pulls up short. You keep wanting, not always. He did good against Sam A and some other good, good fights, but you just wonder if Nong O's ever gonna get old. Because <laughs> he's was thirty seven. Yeah. For ties, that's he's a dinosaur by tie standards. Where are they? Okay, come on, come on, come on. Oh, they post so much shit, I can't find it. Um, I can't see it. Keep it going further down. Um, anyway, so while you're looking for this, I'll just keep talking. Uh, oh, maybe it's this one. This he's, one? He's holding his stomach like he just got kicked in the stomach. <laughs> Bang! Oh, oh, yeah. All right, let me bring that That's up. beautiful. That's the one right, right there. Do do, re redo the reaction. Woo! Here we go. Woo! I love a good body shot. Look at that. Bang! Right in the guts, dude. Spinning back kick. What's his name? Uh, can you go PK hit it one more time? PK Senchai. Huh? Is it PK Senchai? That's the gym. Oh. Elbrus Amir Konovich. It's a highlight reel KO in round one against uh, Padsan Lek. PK Senchai. I mean, that is a picture perfect. <clears throat> one more time, please, Jake, because I'm a glutton for punishment. So this was on the event that I was judging. And he just crushes him. Bang, dude. Oh, dude. Nothing hurts worse than that, okay? You generate so much more power. And check out some of these other ones. Oh, there's the, I believe that's the Hong Kong chick. She hit her with a liver shot, I think. It's yeah, really yeah, you against this Thai girl. I mean, this chick looks like a beast. She's just throwing all kinds. Look at the volume she's putting Ooh. on her. Bang, 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 three times to the liver. It's just like chopping down a tree. Yu Yuan Pui. Yeah, she hit those body shots. Oh, yeah, I met uh, Yuji Shimada. I met him at the event, although I think he stopped a few of these fights pretty early, I'll be honest with you. Um, a couple of the fights, like one guy he had in a 
submission and the guy didn't tap and but then he just stopped it this yeah one, maybe yeah you can try to click that one but there, there was no tap but yuji was picking up his hand and he told me after the fight he kept picking up his hand you know they referees yeah. will pick up the hand to check and see if he's conscious see but there was no tap yeah and he's he's still awake easy though <laughs> i mean he's he's not in good he's not in a good position but like, yeah yeah, this, this guy was really upset, Elliot Compton. Uh, we were hanging out with him after the fights. He was pretty upset because I, I do think it was an early stoppage. Um, but Yuji told me, and I did see him doing it because I was, I was literally like a foot away from that. I, you can see, I think it's my face right there. That's a different fight. But, um, but I, was, I was literally like right here. Like the camera's facing this yeah. way. I, I, was, I was sat right there. And Yuji kept picking up his hand. And checking, and he was giving a little bit of resistance, but then Yuji told me the last time he did it, he didn't feel the resistance, and then he checked and came in and, and stopped it. But this, this one, if you want to check out the one Lumpini shows, watch the th third one. I mean, there were so many great finishes, liver shots, spinning back kicks. There was one that was a – was it a liver shot? I mean, the dude got taken out on a stretcher. I mean, these guys are getting after it. Other than that one Australian dude <laughs> – <laughs> These people are getting after it. The shows are so good. I don't know. What did you think of Lumpini Stadium, Charmaine? It's nice. It's good. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. What was it like? What was the atmosphere like? Was it full? Um, when was I like was there, 70%? not quite full. Yeah, seventy percent. Everybody was drinking. Super rowdy. Uh, the Thai, of course. There was this Thai guy dressed up as like some. Like he was. He was. I don't know what kind of costume he was wearing, but he was holding two flags and he kept waving it around and everybody was trying to take pictures of him. Apparently everybody knows that guy. He's like the mascot, basically. Oh. Yeah. He's just some dude who's blinged out. Like he's got sunglasses on, really bright things, tie flags, and he's like in the stands. He's it's sort like of like... like dancing around with a thing. He's sort of like a, a cheerleader. Um, but And I was like, oh, who was that guy? And he's like, oh yeah, this guy goes to everything. Oh, I just thought he was like just a, a fan or something. Oh, I don't think this is. No, it's not this guy. No, he's a, he's a real person. He's not an actual like mascot, but he's, he's like the like a cheerleader dude who goes to all the events. So yeah. he is just a fan. I think he's just a fan. Yeah, let's take a look at the stadium here. Oh, I have so many good videos on my phone, but they're not edited or looking <laughs> looking nice. What are you? Lumpini <laughs> with the double E at the Jake's end. Jake's trying to find. Uh, I can't. Pictures. Gonna, like, in my defense, I can't see the screen. E E. E E. Lumpini Stadium. <laughs> without the without the I. <laughs> lump in lump stadium. Lump in E. Lump in E E. E E. Yeah. Yeah. Muay Thai Stadium. Oh yeah, there you go. So they're doing the. Uh, I think they're doing the. Oh, that is a nice looking stadium. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There's all these shops. So if you've never been, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, we're looking at some pictures of uh, Lumpini Stadium. It's super nice. There's places that you can eat all on the outside. There's all kinds of Muay Thai stores. They have this. Fuck, I really wish I just would have prepared these videos. It's poor, poor thought by me. Oh, no, um, but they have these, uh, like, it's like a little bit of like a Hall of Fame type area where they have all kinds of pictures of previous stadiums. Jake, we've talked about this in the past. I think this didn't this open up in the fifties, the nineteen fifties. Yeah, it's like it's got, the oldest it's got stadium. A history to it. Yeah. yeah, and this is the new one. So they had an old one, 
but it was like, you know, no air conditioning and was built in the 50s or whatever. And then so this is the new stadium. And it's super nice. It's like 15 minutes from the airport. Um, yeah, let's take a look at this. Yeah, open 1956. 1956. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you click that? For this me? is the one that we, that we went to? Yeah, this is the one. Well, this, is, this is that is the, old? The, no, no, that's the old one. So the, see the New Lumpini Stadium in 2014. Oh. That's when it was built. That's the one we went to. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you want to read that, Jake? At least a little bit of that history. If you Wait, you go for it. I'll come see it from here. Okay, sure. Uh, let me see. The stadium is operated by the Army Welfare Department of the Thai Royal, Royal Army. All proceeds from the fights go towards supporting the various departments of the Thai Army. So that makes sense because this is an interesting thing that maybe a lot of people don't know is – I don't know if I mentioned this. No, I haven't because we haven't done a podcast yet. So I hear all these kind of rumors, right, just as a judge and talking to the people yeah. at the event. Apparently, one is being sued by some – I don't know if it's a sanctioning body or somewhere in Thailand because – they're bringing a different form of Muay Thai to Thailand. And so much of Muay Thai is built into like... Thai culture. Thai culture, yeah. the government. And it was the government because you can see that it's sponsored by the army. Yeah. And of course, the gambling and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't know this, but apparently the Raja Damnern Stadium, which is the other big stadium in Thailand, it's Lumpini and it's Raja Damnern. Those are the two like considered to be the two best Muay Thai stadiums in Thailand. Uh, they also... Banned the gambling. So Raja Damnern also banned the gambling. But so apparently one is being sued in Thailand for bringing in this different form of Muay Thai that's not like the traditional yeah. form of Muay Thai. And they're being sued for this. But, you know, with the one group and Chhatri has the support of the Thai army and of the Thai generals, which is super weird, dude. Because when you're at Lumpini Stadium, when you're like down the level, you see all these dudes with like 500 medals on their jackets, surrounded by all these people. There's military everywhere. Yeah. There's like military cars going around. There's like drug sniffing dogs going around everywhere. You see military going by everywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing something illegal just by existing here, you know? Um, but so apparently, a lot of people in Thailand are upset. Because the rules are so different. They don't hold the clinches. They break off the clinches super early. There's all these foreign referees now. There's foreign judges for the first time ever in these Thai stadiums, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when you do something new, people are going to, people of the establishment are going to get upset by it. Um, they still have the regular Muay Thai rules events because there's, there's events like every day. Yeah. Or almost every day. The stadium's always got stuff going on. But the one stuff is specifically on Friday. And that is what's different. Um, but they told me when I was there that the one events, they've never had, they've never been so busy. All the shops, all the food places, like they've never been so busy since it opened up. And the third event, uh, which was way busier and way more rowdy, way more eventful than the second event, that was about 90% full. That one was packed. And you could feel the energy. Every yeah. single time a punch or a kick lands, oh yee, every single time, oi! They're just yelling and shit every single time a strike lands. It's like, that's when you really start to feel like a tie energy. Um, okay, so let's see what else we got here. Women uh, are not allowed to fight in the stadium or enter the ring. Well, they definitely are now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you tell that to Stanford. <laughs> so maybe that's... Uh, 1956, but, was it? Or maybe that's on the days where one doesn't do it. Because uh, there were definitely women fighting in every every event that I've seen, so this is the thing, right? This is what this is what Lumpini Stadium, this is what Thai Stadium needs. 
They like need... you... Go ahead. Oh, no, well, you've got to sort of been to Thailand and seen the Muay Thai scene there to understand how ingrained and how important it is to the culture in Thailand. Like, I've, I've been, you know, backpacking there when I was younger and stuff and been out in the middle of nowhere and there's just one crappy old TV in the corner somewhere and there's Muay Thai on it. It's like, like, it's like football in the UK or basketball in the US. Like, Muay Thai is that in Thailand. Yeah, and it's, you know, when you have something that's that ingratiated into the culture and you want to make changes and you want to come in as a separate entity and then make changes, you, you're definitely going to deal with resistance. Does that, where's that women thing, Charmaine? Where do you see that? Which, which paragraph is it? Above. Right above. Traditionally right. reserved for male Can you go fighters. up a little bit, uh, Jake? There. Oh, okay. So 11 promoters are responsible for booking boxers to fight at the stadium. The rules are the same as Roger Dumnard. Boxers must weigh in more than 100 pounds, older than 15 years. Yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> older than 15 years with a weight difference between boxers of no more than five pounds. Women are not allowed to fight in the stadium or enter the ring. Well, that's just simply not true anymore. I, don't, I did not know that that was the case. But there were women fighting in every event that I've been to. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Women judges, women uh, fighters. I mean, this is huge. That's huge for foreign fighters. You know, as a foreigner, I like that. If you ask the old school ties, they're probably like, what's this Falong doing in my fucking stadium, right? But this is what you need. You need somebody to come in and change the game up a little bit because the stadiums have been dying for a long time. Everybody knows that. They still consider the golden era in Muay Thai to be like the 70s. Could you imagine the golden era in your sport being 70 years ago with yeah. like social media and the way Everything that now. exposure exists now? You know, you got to come in and you got to shake some stuff up. So... I love how it says the operator is the Royal Thai Army <laughs> for a Thai boxing stadium. But like, how many? Th it's good for the Thais as well, like the fighters. It's good for them because how many times you've been to Thailand and been like the waiter in you know the restaurant you're eating in or something like that, and somehow you get talking to them and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've had 350 fights and I used to be a champion at this <laughs> weight." Yeah. Like, Dude, and, and now you're a waiter. Like you got to get these guys paid. Yeah, definitely, definitely got to get them paid. So. This is this is really cool, actually. Uh, Jake, you keep talking about this for me. I'm just gonna send you the videos to this. Yeah. To this thing. Okay, and we're back. I have uh, successfully sent Jake some of the videos from one, so you guys can take a look at the at the stadium and stuff if you've never seen it before. Of course, you can find these videos on, on YouTube and everything. Um, I, what I wanted to do was edit all of these together and present it nicely, but at the moment I'm just so busy that that may not be possible. So we'll just take a look at a few of them here and you guys can take a look at the stadium. So if you click that Jake, that's yep. the first one. This is like the outside of the stadium and what it looks like. So that area there, the Lumpini Boxing Stadium office, that's like a a little shrine. It has all these cool pictures and videos and it breaks down all the techniques and has some belts and some championship stuff and the big dome looking thing is uh is the stadium. So, yeah, we'll just run through these videos here, Jake, because uh, some of them are going to be varying degrees so of same length. Same again. What's that one? Oh, uh, yeah, check that. That's just uh, walking up into the actual stadium from the ground floor, which is going to be pretty cool. So this is, like, literally the first steps I ever took into the stadium. So I think the stadium fits eight, 9,000 people. Or something like that. You can see if you're listening for those listening as you, as you walk in, you just walk in. You got a great view of of the ring. Yeah, and this is on the ground floor. I mean, it looks pretty sweet when you're in there. So one went like full on production values, lights, everything. Not because 
I've been to Muay Thai shows in Thailand where there's no lights and it's just people sat in a crowd smoking. Oh no, this has got this yeah, has got, got everything. Lights. It's got AC. It's actually pretty cool. No, it's super comfortable. That guy looks really happy. He's like filming me. Well, he's like, where are you filming me? Uh, right, let's, let's try this one. Which one? This one? Yeah. All so right. I think what we have here is the Y crew. If I'm not mistaken. Oh no, this is just them doing some. Uh, <laughs> this is just Dom Lau doing his right, rehearsals. Right, same. Warming up. Uh, uh, let's go down a bit. Going. Oh, it's gonna be over there. Okay, let's try. What, what about this one or these two? Let's see how this one? Yeah. I don't know, it's more of the same. the same one. But at least here you can get a better view of the, the actual stadium the here. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. There's some videos, and then they have like shops over there to the side. They got some Fairtex shops on the side. Um, all right, let's, let's see if we can find some better, better ones here. I yeah, have I mean, some longer ones also. Maybe take a cameraman next time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, my plan was to edit this together, right? But obviously that has failed. Okay, so now this is where we actually start to get into the shows. So maybe try it. This one? Yeah. Let's okay. try that one. Unless it's like 10 megabytes. Okay. There we go. Now we're starting to get... See, I was trying to think I was trying to get... Yeah, there's Stamp. <laughs> there's Stamp right there behind me. There's one of the Lumpini judges. And now you can see there's actually some people and some camera crew going on in the background. Which is pretty cool. They have one does the things where they have the wristbands. Uh yeah yeah. Which is pretty cool. Because it gives a nice, like effect in the stadium. I wonder how much they spend a year on those. Are you supposed to return the wristband? Oh, you are. Yeah, apparently, yeah. I think everybody just takes that shit. Yeah. Uh, try that oh, one, Jake. This one. Yeah. Unless it's really small. Ah, so here's here they're doing the the white crew. I believe this is in the main event. So yeah, this is one of the things that's a little bit controversial about the one in Lumpini show events because the Y crew is like a spiritual thing. Yeah. Right? What they do, if you don't, if you're listening to this and you don't know what the Y crew is, it's this sort of dance they do where they all wear the Mong Kong, which is the head, the headband, and then they go around and they do some dancing in the rings and they go corner to corner and they start praying because it is like a spiritual thing. Problem is, foreign audiences don't love the Y crew. Because they take a long time to do it, and they do it between every fight, and it makes the shows go way longer, and it just sort of breaks the attention span of the audience. And for like a foreign audience, yeah, it can sort of break up the momentum. So the way that they do it in one, and I believe this is part of the controversy, is they have everybody do the white crew at once. So there's like 10 people in the ring. And if you go down, Jake, further, I have a video of everybody doing the white crew all at once. This one is pretty unmistakable. Keep going down. This one. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. Maybe this. Maybe this. No. This? Nah. No, no, that's, that's John Nuts. Uh, <laughs> that's Fight Circus. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> Keep yeah, going no. up. Um, there, there'll be like eight people in the ring. I'm just, I, I can't see too well from here. Yeah, no. Keep, keep going up. Keep going. What's that? No, that's not it. I'll, I'll see it when you... Pretty sure I put it in there. No. No. Oh, fuck, did I not? <laughs> <laughs> I sent like 20 videos. Is that is one of them not there? That's all of them that came through. Okay, go down a little bit more. Okay. Keep going, keep going. Oh, this one. That's the one. Yeah. This one? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, make it. Yes, that's the one. <coughs> oh, wait, that's me. There we go. Okay, make that. Yeah, so, okay, so here's an example of the white crew, and it's normally not done like this, right? Normally it's just they do it right before the fight. It's two people, and you can see. See, there's a female fighter. So for uh, Wikipedia, 
you may need to change your entry. And I, I zoomed in here because you see everybody does it a little bit differently. There's some uh, white <laughs> now, dude. Now, that white, white dude, dude is here. taking it way too serious. <laughs> <laughs> you see his stands are just starting to fill up. You see all the military? There's yeah. all the military in there. Like, even the ties are looking at him like, mate, give it a rest. <laughs> like, we get it. You respect Thai culture. Yeah. I mean, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, right? They do this, this prayer. Now, in the main event, they still do it like the old school style, but they only do it for the main event. And I remember hearing from some of the, from some of the executives that the, for the second or third show, I can't remember which one, they thought the white crew was like, it went way too long, and they were all kind of pissed about it because yeah. the broadcasting schedule was pretty tight yep and the white crew went on like a minute or two too long and it got to the point where they were worried that they wouldn't be able to show the entire thing um so anyway bit of a a new thing that's happening in muay thai but i think it's just so essential and they put on the first ever mma shows in lumpini yeah. shows or in uh, lumpini history female fighters apparently i didn't know female judges so they're doing some game-changing stuff there and they've had some Excellent fights, man. That that spinning back kick, that, that girl, that Hong Kong girl, whoo, put on some good shit, man. Yeah, he's exciting stuff, and anything that gets the Thai fighters more money is awesome, as far as I'm concerned. Because yeah, you don't want to have 350 fights and then end up working as a you know, server in a restaurant, or, yeah, on a yeah. beach somewhere. It seems a bit harsh. Well, that's one thing I know that they're trying to do is they're trying to reset the market mm. for like what Thai fighters are, are paid, right? Because number one, they pay in U.S. dollars. Which is huge, right? Because yeah. usually, in, of course, in Thailand and the Thai stadiums, they pay in Thai baht. Um, but the fact that they're paying the fighters in U.S. dollars, the fact that they do $10,000 bonuses if you get a knockout, I mean, they were giving out bonuses like crazy in that third show because there's so many amazing finishes. I mean, you can imagine as a Thai fighter, like getting a $10,000 oh, bonus, U.S. dollars. life-changing. Yeah, that's life-changing money. And what that does is it encourages people to come in. Encourages more people to, to try to get on those shows specifically. And it encourages people generally, unless you're that Australian dude. <laughs> it encourages people to actually fight to make sure that they get invited back. Because yep. you want the opportunity to earn that U.S. dollars and potentially get that, that bonus money. Now, the Australian dude was trying to look for a hill hook. But even when he had his chance to get the hill hook, he didn't get it. So. <laughs> and then he kept trying. So we were like, oh, boo. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine me in the first ever, like, red carded in the Penny Stadium? Like, the guy wouldn't fight. I don't know what you're thinking, man. And also that fight with, is it a Syrian or Iranian pull, guy? Pull it up to your mouth. With, with the Malaysian guy? They gave oh, it to the Malaysian guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody thought it was robbery, but apparently the judges didn't think so. Yeah, well, it's still a... I can't remember that fight. I only saw it then. I haven't gone back and watched it. But, you know, sometimes you got close fights. And then... Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but didn't that guy was... <laughs> didn't, didn't that guy ask... Was it Mitch or something? Why he lost? Oh, yeah. And then just brushed it off. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. I felt so bad for that guy. He's like, what, bro, why I lost, man? And then Mitch was like, oh, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. <laughs> and yeah. then just, like, walked away. Yeah, yeah. I was well, like, oh. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of fights where, you know, it was also the guy, the one I showed you with it, the Yuji Shimada ref, where he didn't tap and Yuji stopped the fight or whatever. You know, those guys are upset, right? I mean, they they get in the big show, but the thing is, like, honestly, with one, they really don't care about if you win. It's it's just you fight. Yeah. Just fucking put on a good show. That's if you're oh, listening they, they, to they this and you want to fight for them, yeah. just go fight. 
You can't be conservative. Just make them invite you back, win or loss. If you put on a good show, they'll invite you back. They regularly give out bonuses to both the winner and the loser if it's been an amazing fight. Mm. So then like, when they do that, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. Encourage people to fight. Yeah, because they just want to separate the niche, right? The, yeah. the, the niche, apart from the Thai stuff, where they put on good fights. People aren't coasting. People aren't letting people off the hook. People are going after it. You know, and uh, now, Jake, maybe we can use that to segue into the next show that I'll be doing, which is going to be a big one, which is the 20. But there's two shows that you're doing. Well, it? there's one every week. Oh, yeah, that's a double header. and 25th. Yes. Right. So here's what's on the. So this is my next show. The next one that I'll be judging is the one. There's two shows, which I didn't even realize until like <laughs> last week. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I love doing it, but those are long days. Yeah. When we do those double headers, whew. Because it's 8 p.m. and then after that, it's 8 a.m. Yes. So exactly. It's like immediately after. So it's like we finish at midnight and then, you know, we're there at like 5 or 6 a.m. And, and, the, and the only reason I have that reaction is just because I get slightly concerned like that morning that I'm not as sharp as I should be because I'm fucking tired. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but usually smash a few Red Bulls. Oh! <laughs> See, a, I see like, you know, John Lineker come out and my, my good blood go. gets, good I'm go. good to yeah. go. I'm good to go. My blood gets pumping. So why don't we click this and uh, take a look at the show? This is going to be the big one. This is going to be the first like actual pay-per-view show that they've done at Lumpini Stadium. So this is going to be the first real test. Of how popular it is. Yes. Of the of main prime show being done at Lumpini Stadium. Which is why, dude, I have to get a Thai visa. I have to do all of this like crazy shit. Charmaine spent... How long did, like, we did two days. It took, like, five hours to apply for this Thai visa, man. It was brutal. It took a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, because this show is, like, a, a big show. So, let's take this off. We have Fabricio Andrade going against John Lineker. It's a rematch of the last fight where Fabricio Andrade dick-kicked Lineker so hard that it shattered his cup. His plastic cup that he was wearing for some reason. Dude, wear a steel Thai yeah, cup. Yeah, wear, wear something solid. Yeah, wear, wear a solid cup. Um, this should be a good fight, man. This is a rematch. Andrade, I thought, was winning that first fight. But Lineker's still a beast. So that will be the first... I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure this will be the first ever non-Muay Thai main event in Lumpini Stadium. So definitely the first ever MMA event, main, main event. So for Fabricio Andrade, John Lineker, um, nice. This is going to be sick. Uh, Tawan Chai against Jamal Yusupov. That's a great fight, man. That's going to be a really good fight. Muay Thai World Championship. Tawan Chai is one of the absolute best in the world. One of the absolute best kickboxers in the world. Martin Nguyen. His kicks are nasty. Elbows are nasty. You have Martin Nguyen on the card against Shamil Gasanov. Martin Nguyen's on a bit of a rough patch. Hey, he really needs a win. Yeah. He was a former two division champion. Has a win over Christian Lee. He was the lightweight champion. He was the featherweight champion. But he's come on some rough times. Recently, um, I don't know much about Shamil Gasanov, but I know that Martin Nguyen needs a win. Daniel Kelly, one of the absolute best female submission grapplers in the world, going against Ayaka Mira. BJJ. Uh, yeah, it's BJJ. I mean, I, I think Daniel Kelly's going to smash yeah. Ayaka. Ayaka is the one who uh, Tiffany Teo beat down in uh, MMA. She's got a really good scarfold, really good side control, controls the scarfold. But Daniel Kelly is one of the absolute best females in the world. Um, but it should be a good fight. Uh, Danny Kingad versus Iko Roni Soputra. Don't know who that is. I know Danny Kingad. Filipinos are always going to be there representing. We have Samapech Fairtex 
Keep going down. I don't know the light heavyweight Some kickboxing guys. Though. Andre Stoika. I've heard of him. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, okay, so that should be interesting. Now, there's also the... That's the one on Amazon Prime, right? Yes, because that's the, with the wacky timings. There's also the Lumpini show the day before. Is that it? Live after main card. Oh, what is this? It's very confusing. Oh, Tommy Langacker is on it, though. How these run? This one is probably the one. No, no, no. It's a different day. Life after main cut. Uh, yeah, they're probably just doing the one on the the actual show, and then they might be doing some extra fights after that. But I don't think there's any big fights on the second card, is there? Well, one's on I Friday night, and one's on Saturday morning. That is Saturday morning. That's a Saturday morning card, but what about the Friday night card? Maybe they don't have it yet. Maybe it's not theirs. Yeah, yeah because the Lumpini shows, they do them pretty quick. Because yeah. in Thailand, they do fights every week. Yeah. yeah. So those ones, they don't always advertise everything in advance. But if you look at the... Dude, look at the fucking lineup for one, the upcoming events. Lineker Andraj, Arjun Buller versus uh, Malikin. Oh, I can send you this video. I'm not going to, but I took a video of uh, when I was in the hotel in the yeah. Philippines when Malikin knocked out Rainier de Ritter. And I just remember being like, sad. Yeah. The knockout was, was so brutal. I was like, that was the worst knockout I've ever seen live. And I just saw Rainier de Ritter's head bounce off of the mat over and over again. He's going against Arjun Buller, who's the first ever Indian uh, major champion. Who's the, there's another title fight. Who's that? Uh, is it Janet Todd? Who is it? Uh, Arjun Buller. Oh, Road Tang. Oh, fuck yeah. Look at that. Road Tang and Superlek. God damn, that is a good fight. Superlek might be my favorite. Him and Road Tang might be my two favorite strikers. They're both amazing. That is going to be a fucking amazing fight. One of the best striking fights of the year, for yeah, well, sure. All, all, all I'm saying is, it sorts out some comp tickets. Huh? Well, if you're judging it, we'll have comp tickets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can definitely sort you out. You get five. I didn't even know you this. You get five tickets. I didn't even know I got tickets. I don't know how many it is, but someone, someone told me, you told me five. that it was five. He's like, oh, we can. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take those. Because I don't know what I'm allowed to ask for, right? So I go to the event. And I, I knew Charmaine was going to be there. And I can't buy tickets because it's like Thai. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how yeah. it's organized or whatever. You can't buy them on the website for the Lumpini shows. And then I just was like, went to this dude. I was like, hey, does anyone know? Like, can we? Am I asking for too much? But I was like, can I get a ticket? And this guy was like, oh, yeah, yeah. They don't have a problem giving you tickets. Here, take some of these. And I was like, oh, okay. It's good to know. Um, uh, Alicia Rodriguez. Yeah, she's the current Muay Thai world champion. She's a beast going against Janet Todd. That's a good fight. Yeah, that's, that's a good amazing. fight. Uh, so they got three title fights in this card. Right, yeah, definitely one comp ticket. But those two main events. I mean, that, that female fight is pretty badass too. But Rotang versus Superlek, god damn, that's going to be a good fight. Malkin and Arjun Buller for the heavyweight title. That's going to be a good fight. And then there was also, then the one after that, can you go back for me? Ham Huh? Isn't that a female fight? Oh, Nongo and Jonathan Haggerty. Fuck yes. Fuck yeah. That's going to be so Oh, good. that's in Lumpini as well. That's going to mm. be amazing. Come on. Come on, one. Bring me in for that one. Bring me in um, for more, that more, one, more please. More bands to be announced, but that looks only, amazing. Only that one. Oh, the reason I want to go is because it's not an MMA fight, so I can just watch it from super close. Yeah, but then surely you need some MMA fights. Yeah. Like, oh, so Otherwise, they wouldn't bring you there. Hey, <laughs> do not poke holes in my plan, Jake. And then uh, let's see what's on the undercard of the Demetrius Johnson, Adriana Marais fight. So this one's in the States, so this is Where a is big Field? deal. Colorado. Oh, oh, this is the Colorado one. Yeah, this is the Colorado one. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. Road Tang again. 
Oh, yeah, this is Tabaris. Okay, fighting Edgar Tabaris for the Muay Thai World Championship. Oh, right, Sage Northcutt going against my man, Ahmed Mushtaba. Listen, I don't know what the fuck is going on with... Did you see that picture of Sage Northcutt on the Instagram? Which one? Go to one's Instagram. I mean, he looks fucking huge. Juiced. Ahmed Juiced. Mushtaba is like my size. Sage Northcutt looks ridiculously huge. I can't even believe they're in the same weight class. Because uh, you actually scrolled by it earlier when you were looking at it. If you go to One Championship's Instagram, if you listen, you look at the picture of Sage Northcutt. I mean, I don't know how he, him and Ahmed could possibly be in the same weight class. Wait. You'll see it when you go down. Just keep going down. You'll, you can't miss it. I mean, Sage is so fucking jacked. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And uh, Ahmed Mushtaba is the guy who just got that triangle finish on that. There he is. Oh, my God. I mean, look at that shit. Well, look at his fucking legs. I mean, that is preposterous. That is fucking preposterous. How does somebody look like that? That's a very impressive physique. I mean... He needs to heal his foot, the orbital, right? <laughs> the broken orbital, so yeah. he can some juice. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I don't even know how he can make the weight. I don't know what weight class this thing's scheduled to be at. Can you go back to the... Oh, lost it. Give me a sec. Oh, uh, that's okay. I mean, if you can't find it, it's, it's yeah. not But... I don't know how the fuck they're supposed to be in the same weight class. That is crazy. Because he looks insanely jacked. And uh, Ahmed Mushtaba is like my size. He was a featherweight before. Maybe he's a lightweight now. But I thought Sage Northcutt fought Cosmo Alexandre at welterweight, which is 185 and 1. Cosmo Alexander? Yeah. The guy that broke, that his, broke his, orbital. Yeah. his orbital. Was that his last fight? That was Sage's last fight, yeah. Oh, the Ritter's on the car. Oh, yeah, go up a little bit. Let's see. It's at lightweight, so that's 170. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. How's he going to make 170? I don't know about that. Yeah, Tyrule Tulu. He's going to do a jiu-jitsu bout with... Rainier to Ritter, yeah. Oh. I mean, Rainier fought Andre Galvo. He fought his coach in that jiu-jitsu match. Yeah, Stan Fairtex um, and Elise Anderson, that's a good fight. I mean, back. going to win, definitely. That's yeah. a good fight card, man. Yeah, that's impressive. That's a really good fight card. This is the American card. Yeah, this oh. is the American card. They're going to add more, too. I'm sure they're going to add more fights. Man, that, that one lineup is looking pretty fucking juicy. Whew. Yeah, there's a good, uh, good few months of fights coming up. John yeah. Jones makes his debut at heavyweight as well. We'll break that down in the future. Yeah, John Jones and Cyril gone. I don't even know what to think about that. I'm sort of sad about Francis leaving, but if I can see Francis and Deontay Wilder <laughs> standing opposite each other, I mean... Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? I mean, obviously, you think Wilder's going to win in a boxing match, but we talk about see. two dudes with just nuclear weapons for hands. But if it's, if it's a pure boxing match, then Angana's going to lose. But if you do it in MMA gloves, makes it interesting. The thing about Angana, though, that makes him a little bit more... Uh, makes him have a bit more of a chance is that he's unconventional. Yeah. Right? Angana's not... Like, you see that knockout when he knocked out... Um, What's his name? Biggie Boy. Um, shit, what's his name? The guy from uh, Suriname, the big heavyweight. Oh, um, Rosestruck. Ro Rosestruck, yeah. When he knocked him out, I mean, he literally just ran at him <laughs> like windmill punching and just man, like decapitated him. Like, boxers don't do that. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of unpredictability yeah. and the fact that Ngannou is probably going to be 60 pounds heavier than Wilder. Yeah. 50 to 60 pounds heavier. So there's something to be said there. Exciting times. Exciting times. Right, I'm going to have to bounce. Yep. Sorry. Let's finish it up.
Um, all right, Charmaine, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. doing the podcast. Jake, oh, you've got a big low battery. <laughs> base, but never low mind. battery. <laughs> okay, well, everybody, thank you all for listening. Sorry we were on hiatus. Uh, unfortunately, these podcasts are going to be a little bit more sporadic because, uh, you know, half the month, about twice a month, I'm going to be in, in Bangkok doing the Lumpini shows. Hopefully, I can try to keep getting content out. But unfortunately, when I'm in Bangkok is also when my off days are. So at this point, I'm basically working seven days a week. Yeah. Like, if, if you are out there and looking and can work being a video editor for cheap, we're probably looking for yes, one. Yes, I need a video editor. So if anybody is out there and can give me a good price to edit some content, please let me know. All right, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week with uh, Alvin Ong back on the podcast with his boy to talk about uh, a website and a book that they're putting together about local Singapore fighters, competitors. So uh, look out for that one next weekend. Thank you all for listening. Everybody, have a good week. Mm-hmm.